The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. And welcome, folks, to another edition of the Michigan Football Breakdown. Focused on the offense with Al Borges and focused on SignGate as well. We're going to venture a little outside the normal paradigm for shows, right? We we will talk Michigan offense as well as current events demand that we address some of this uh, this talk about sign stealing. And what is it? How, wh- how does it really impact a team? To what extent is it utilized? How prevalent is it in college football? We have a long time. I won't say how many years, Al Borges. I'll just say long time play caller. How about that? And yeah, the guys had had people try and steal the signs for thirty something years. Okay, so I, I I know that I know how that works. Okay, yeah, yeah, and so you know, there's a lot I think of representation in the media about what it entails and how impactful it is, and so we'll get from you, uh, a guy who's been in the arena, and again, I'll give you my take on it, uh, give you what I the latest that I found out on it as well, and we'll get into all of that. On this breakdown, if you have questions for Al Borges, we get to that toward the end of the episode. I imagine a lot of those might be covered in the preamble here as we talk about uh, sign stealing and whatnot as well. So we're going to mix and meld topics. Yes, we're talking Michigan State, but we are talking sign gate too. Michigan State and sign gate. I don't know if those two are necessarily tied because Michigan didn't need signs to beat Michigan State. So, Al. First of all, you're looking awful gorgeous over there today. Well, thanks, Sam. You know, you've been, this is the tamest I've ever seen you on a Michigan State week. I mean, you're almost sedate at times. Did you lose your mojo? What's the deal? I didn't lose my mojo. I got distracted by the the crying out of Columbus. Now, that doesn't mean that that Michigan didn't commit some NCAA violation. I don't know. I do not know. I, I would tell you if I did, just like when the violations uh, the allegations came out about the, you know, the uh, the analyst um, coaching and uh, the the recruiting contact. I said at the time, look, Michigan is guilty of some of this, and I expect for them to negotiate the punishment. Right? Mm-hmm. You know, you go, you make some admissions, you negotiate your punishment. That's how it works with the NCAA. And lo and behold, that's exactly what happened. Right. That's exactly mm-hmm. yep. what, what happened in terms of how they handled it. Now, how the NCAA responded is a different uh, is a different question. Right? Right. But, but my point is, I told you when I knew they committed some violations. I don't know about this one. If they did commit some violations then you know, a punishment should come down. Just make sure that it's 
uh, commensurate with the crime. That mm. is my issue, Al, because they're making this sound like all oh, they're making it sound like Watergate. That's what they're making well, it sound like. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't. I don't accuse anybody of anything, and I don't know what's going on. I know it goes on. Okay, it goes on to the degree it goes on. I don't know how much is, but I have a ton of exposure to this, obviously, because of what I did. And the year I was an analyst at uh, Auburn in 2017, they were kind of a sign stealing uh, staff, not not advanced scouts uh, sign stealing, which I think they're claiming. But uh, they would they would steal the hell out of them whenever they could off anything, whether it's a video or whether it's a you know during the game or past in the past they knew their signals from playing them before or maybe a player transferred or something you know they 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 all get, so i was involved in in legal reconnaissance if you will but uh we did not get involved in outside of in-game stuff or anything you could steal off a video which isn't much i want to make it clear because i was responsible for finding it okay i want to dispel a couple myths here out there so everybody because i hear a lot of talk about this the amount of signals you can steal off a of 22, all 22 copy, that many if you're lucky, usually that many, zero. Because the, the camera pans to the scoreboard between plays when the plays are being sent in, okay? On occasion, they will use the chains, they will film the chains to show you the down and distance, okay? In that case, once in a while, you might be able to catch a signal. But... I found it was rare. You just you're getting nothing off of off of all twenty two. I mean, you got to assume you are. If that if your culture is stealing signs, don't count on the all twenty two. The next thing is stealing them off a of TV. How often do you see the cameraman shoot to the signal? I can't say never. There's been a few times they've they've shot down there and he's given the signal, but usually the cameraman wants the animation of the coach between plays. They'll watch him, you know, doing all crazy stuff, chest bumping or doing whatever it does. So if you look at TV copies, you may get a signal here and there, but it's not anything you can rely on uh, week to week. So all that stuff, no, no. Um, be clear, though, if you could go to games and you could video the signaler and match it with your all 22 copies, that would be an advantage. I'm not going to say it's not. Uh, I was I never was exposed to any of that, but I would think that if you could – and create a system where you can get that information to your players if particularly if you're on defense because you got to see are they signal are they stealing signals on defense are they signal stealing signals on offense are they signal stealing signals on both so uh because some guys some offensive player coaches don't want to do it some defensive coaches don't want it but and some both of them want it so you know it's it that's there um the one thing I do know is is if there it's there has to be a system to it if you're doing it the way they're claiming they're doing it and it has to uh you know what i mean they have to have a way to to, to get it videoed consistently get the information back match it with the all 22 all that so uh and that's pretty elaborate and i would think that that would be very difficult to prove but I, it's not court so you know the the, the nc2a can usually go by the preponderance of evidence, evidence I would, right right i think sometimes yeah, it's, it's more so, likely to have happened than having right. proof and yes exactly so now here's the other thing sam is what are the solutions i'm getting a lot of questions this way what are the solutions to science 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 stealing okay i want to make it clear at one time in the nfl 17 teams ran west coast offense call the plays the same formation the same even use the same cadence 
17 teams. And there was a lot of interchanging with trades and all this stuff, guys playing for other teams. Uh, they didn't bag their system because they were concerned about reconnaissance. What they basically did is use dummies and decoys so that the other team knew that you couldn't just see what we were doing or hear what we're calling, and here comes the play. For example, I think Brett Favre one time signaled a slant to a guy against the 49ers and told him it's a sluggo, a slant and go. Don't go by the sign. This is the sign, and I'll be damned. The guy jumped the slant, and, you know, all you need is one play like that, and now the defense, you create apprehension. You know, they have an answer to what we what we think we know. So, But they don't revamp their whole system, okay, to completely change all. I keep hearing that. Well, you got to change your signs or you're dumb. No, I mean, the problem with all that is you change too much when a player's been doing something for a long time and you create opportunities for mistakes. You want to make subtle changes, add decoys and dummies so that they can't put their cleats to the ground and say, here it comes. That's what most teams, most smart guys do. What you don't want to do is trick yourself. I've changed signs. I've changed signals. I've done it all. And I found the more I did it, the more mistakes we made. So I'll make sure that you you do it in certain spots and don't do too much of it so that you end up tricking yourself and not executing, which is is you start playing slow instead of playing fast or have one player, one player uh, screw up and screw up the other 10 players. So um, I think all that uh, is important, okay? Um, all the other stuff that I've heard, I mean, you'd have to research it and know it if it's actually true and whatever to draw any brash conclusions. Like I say, I'm not, I'm not here to to point any fingers at anybody because I don't know and I'm not privy to all the information. But I can tell you what's real and what's BS in this thing. Okay, and I have learned too after working with guys sometimes that coaches will embellish how much they're signal stealing to make them sound smarter. Okay. They'll make them, they're reconnaissance. They're great in reconnaissance. They're not just great coaches. They should be in the military because they're great in reconnaissance too. But sometimes the reality of that stealing is not near what coaches are making it out to be. So, and I'm sure there's guys that, that are really good at it. I'm not saying that, but the reality of it is something short of what you sometimes hear. So uh, several things to react to here, Al. Uh, I point fingers. I think that you you have uh, two parties here that are uh, whether it, it directly in cahoots or indirectly because they have the same goal of targeting Michigan, of targeting Jim Harbaugh, are definitely in a, a very public way putting Michigan on trial. Now, that doesn't mean that Michigan doesn't deserve to be on trial. Let me be clear, because I don't know the details of which, but you have an agenda from Ohio State for sure to, to explain how they got beaten so badly at home despite changing up signals last year. There's got to be a reason, right? Yeah, this, gotta, yeah, there has to be a reason. I'm yeah. so brilliant. I know so much. My scheme is so great that if it goes wrong, if someone stops it, they, it must, they must be cheating. Whether it's Michigan or Clemson or Georgia, that's Ryan Day. If I'm not, if it's not going right, somebody's cheating. Okay, that's number one. Number two, the NCAA clearly has an agenda here because they are leaking like a geyser. Like why every time something's happening with Michigan investigation, I see it on Yahoo Sports. Right? That, I mean, this is supposed to be a confidential process, right? And yet, yeah, every yeah. there is a leak. 
Yeah. The, the media is finding out about things before Michigan. That would yeah. mean to me, if I'm in organization that has confidentiality as part of one of the tenants, uh, as far as an investigation is concerned, I would look into that certain that that kind of thing. Certainly, you wouldn't see it happening over and over and over again. Yet here we are. Now that doesn't absolve Michigan of guilt. That doesn't mean that they didn't do what is said they said they've done. My so let's assume for the sake of argument that they did that there was some advanced scouting. I will remind you that Ohio State said in advance, you know, or at least in one of these media reports. We got the signal. We changed it up last year in, in, in time for last year's game and got that ass whoop worse. What are we talking about? So now, what is the impact? And this is what I want to get into, into with you, Al. How you can turn the this, this signal process around. We'll get into the specifics of the charge. But how you can take this data from play to play, incorporate it into your car. Like how often? Even if you had the key, could you implement it on a play-by-play basis to impact the game, given the different kind of teams you see? You see hurry-up teams, right? You see teams. Teams are going to change up their signals. Teams are going to go to wristbands. Given all of those variables, how much, how reasonable is it to assume that you could take the key, even if you had the whole thing, and know every play that's coming your way? Oh, that's that's not happening. Nobody's doing that. Nobody's saying here it comes every single play. This is about trying to get a few plays during the game and gain an advantage with a play call. And that's about it. I don't know how much that really matters. I don't know how many times that's actually been a factor. But to think that they're taking a script of signals and sending them into the game, basically, that's absurd. That That doesn't happen. But to say that they may get a play here. I'll give you an example. When I was back in the USFL, I was on the defensive side of the ball, Sam. And my job, I was just a slappy, okay? And I, my job was with the binoculars to watch Steve Spurrier call plays. He, he was coaching the uh, Tampa Bay Bandits at the time. Uh, Steve was simple. He had he changed the signals now. He he had a, a manila folder that he would had all his plays on, and he would signal the plays himself. He would take the vanilla folder, stick it between his legs, and then waggle a signal in. Well, you could get some of his signals. I, I, I could get, but to think I could tell you every single, I would be giving the defensive coordinator disinformation if I tried to do that because I'd be guessing at a lot of it. Now, some were definitive. I knew when he went like that, this was a there was a draw coming. Okay. There were some plays here and there. I could, and, and he, the coach told me, "Tell me if you know it's right, but don't give me crap because I can't, I can't call defenses or I can't send in information if it's disinformation." So you got to be very careful, okay? So uh, no, I don't think anybody can do that. Although I think there are coaches that will lead you to believe they can. Well, I mean, you've had some some coaches be renowned for it. I mean, one of the guys that Ryan Day accused in the past, Brent Venables. He's going to steal him. He, no, yeah, it's no. Brent Venables is obsessed with stealing signals. We played them when I was an assistant, not an analyst at Auburn, and that's what he, it's part of his deal. But to say I don't know that he advanced scouts and doesn't. I don't want right, to. No, I'm not, and I'm not suggesting but, that. I, I'm not. Yeah, no, but he uh, is going to do all he can to try and steal signals from you. I, I think a lot of guys do. Yeah, and let's so let's be clear on another thing. Look, if there was advanced scouting. 
just like I said, when they were using an analyst coach, which I mean, all these teams use analysts to coach. I'm, I'm sorry, Ivy. Newsflash. I, I said that before. I, I didn't absolve Michigan of guilt then. Said, hey, they got caught. Give them the punishment. Right. But make the punishment be commensurate with the crime. Right. This is 55 and 45. So this advanced scouting thing, understand the spirit of the rule when it was written. It was not because they felt like you were getting so much of a competitive strategic advantage by stealing signs, you know, by having advanced scouting and stealing signs. It was a cost management measure because all teams couldn't afford to send guys to different games. Right. That was the reason. So why wasn't it this this competitive balance thing from a strategic standpoint? Because coaches pretty smart. Al Voyage is pretty smart. I'm just gonna go to wristband. You can you can invest all that time and energy. Like you you have to you talk about economy of offense, don't mm-hmm. you, Al? So economy of time. How much time are you gonna put in a sign stealing process given you don't know what they're gonna change? How did, what if they come out and they go to, like Ohio State did last year, they said they changed up all their signs. Imagine if Michigan had invested, you know, a year into that process. They, they'd be doomed if they were Sam, that what it was all about. I changed, if I changed all my signs, okay, or if I didn't change all my signs, I'd say I changed all my signs. You understand what I'm saying? So that you thought I was doing it. The alumni and all the people in the stands thought I was doing it. The defense thought, or offense thought I was doing it. And, but to say they changed every sign, that's a, that's a lot of me. Look, whatever they did, they got their ass kicked anyway. Right. So look, maybe, maybe Michigan's, uh, you know, Michigan's players were just better coached that day. Kind of seems that way to me. But I digress. I won't get off into that because we covered that a lot already. The point that I'm making is let's really quantify just how much you can incorporate something like this game to game when you're determined. If it is indeed determined that they did this, let's use that to quantify just how impactful this was, especially this season. I mean, I just venture a guess, Al, they didn't really need sign stealing to beat Michigan. Sam, Sam. There has not even been a close game. Okay? I mean, Every game's been a blow. I, I, I promise you, signs have had nothing to do with the outcomes of these football games. And I would that also argue that of. if your signs are getting stolen at a prolific way to the point that it's losing you games, that's a you problem. Yeah, you're it is. It? Yeah. You're doing something very inadequately. Yeah, and, and you can bet they're not. They're not. They're not. They're not. They're not doing that. They're just they're just incapable of staying with them this year. They're they're a good team. They're a great team, and and all this peripheral nonsense is really irrelevant to their success. Connor, was Connor Stallions around? Do you remember that name when you were What's around? That? Connor Stallions, the guy that they. Yeah. Uh, so no. Devin did. Devin said he remembers Connor Stallions from when he was a player. He said, "Man, he was at every game that we." That we uh, every home game, every road game, he described him as just like this mega fan. That he was like, man, this dude is so committed. Somebody needs to hire him at some point. And then, of course, he went from there after Devin graduated. I think the next year he started volunteering for Michigan. In what capacity, I don't know. Uh, and then last year, he was hired. Now, I would say, Al, you know, if you could show a, you know, a link, a tie, whether you talk about Penn State. You know, all these teams that Michigan was beating before this, 
They were beaten before his official hire last year, right? I would say, all right, well, well you know, kind of use that to kind of show me the, the tangible benefit. But they beat Ohio State before his official hire. All right, now, now did things go to another level last year? Well, Al, we broke down the tape, uh, and it didn't seem to me that Michigan was scoring all those points because of a sign. <laughs> well, in 2021, I don't think any sign was going to save Ohio State because they were getting the ball knocked. They were getting knocked off the ball, and I think they they would admit that. In 2022, it was a quick death where they were getting big played, and there's no sign that can stop JJ from running to his right and throwing a pass for a 22 yard gain, or no sign that can that can stop JJ from stepping right. up in the pocket and taking off for a big game. I mean, those, I don't know. I mean, I think that we're, it's a little, some, remember the term I used to use, nebulous generalizations? Nebulous. Yeah, I, yeah I think there's, there. I'm not saying I, there's no substance to this. Don't misunderstand me, but I just think the magnitude of it yes. is a little bit more. Yeah, stop acting you know, like this is corporate espionage. They aren't going to practice, you know, you know, taping practice footage and, and all that. Cause this is game stuff, right? Uh, hey, if they did the advanced scouting thing and and it, you got tangible proof, show me tangible proof, show me tangible yeah. impact, yeah. and then come up with a punishment like yeah, yeah, right. with, the, with the crime, if indeed you have those things. But the, the I'm not going to just take your word for it. Like, do a real investigation, right? And from Michigan's perspective, if, if they got caught doing it, then, hey, man, do the, do the punishment. Do the punishment. I Here's what I suspect. I'm going to give you my what I think happened. Hired a dude who is very, very into Michigan football to the point where he was traveling two games like this before he was even hired, as Devin pointed to. And then he gets on staff, and he's like, man, he wants to show just how committed, just how determined, just how valuable he is. He's going above and beyond doing extra if indeed this is this part is true because again Michigan has been given nothing no proof no nothing so far but if he did do the above the extracurriculars this is something that you know you got to be not to say that you are always watching everything that every analyst does but think about it Al he he used his own name according to these reports now, I don't know if they're true but he he would have used his own name to buy these tickets he would have transferred the, the whatever he would use Venmo without making it private to do to do any of this, any of these transactions. Right. Then uh, on top of all of that, he would have gone into his LinkedIn page talking about all of the, the details of of just how good he is at this at this elaborate, elaborate strategic sort of process. I mean, none of this strikes as a very sophisticated operation. Because sophisticated operations are clandestine, right? You kind of keep some secrecy to them. And there was no secrecy to, at least from his perspective, to what he was doing. And it, it, it really strikes me as, a, as an obvious sign that they've just, hey, you know, they got a guy who is looking real hard at the other team. And they're letting him do him without really looking. And this would be what, if Michigan is found at fault, this would be where I think the, uh, the fault really lies, is how much monitoring was there of him and doing whatever it was he was doing. And, and did you use illegally acquired information? That, that's that's because the NC2A is not going to discern, like whether if he would 
They, well, he didn't go to the games. They're not going to care about that. They're going to say, did he orchestrate the effort and did they use? I'm guessing. I don't know what they do, but I they, I know how they are. They know you okay. were using it. I see. Man, even if you didn't know you were using it, if he did it, they're going to yeah. say, hey, you should have known. That, you that, you that known. Be, right. Exactly. Did, that would be how, how they come down. But again, let's let's keep it in perspective. Because all these teams have them. guys. You mentioned Brett Venables. Yeah. You know, they've uh, teams, Ohio State especially. In my opinion, has suspected Connor Stallions for some time. There's a dude on Ohio State staff that Michigan and other teams suspect also for stealing signs in game or or capturing signs in game. Part of the process. You better be changing things up. Mm-hmm. You better be preparing for that. If you are, you are doing your team a disservice. So right. if that is tangibly impacting you, Ohio State, uh, somebody is not doing. Doing a worse coaching job than I already thought you were doing, at least as it re- relates to the Michigan football game. You know how easily this could be remedied, though, Sam. You know how easily all they got to do is just put mics and helmets. You know what I mean? Well, you don't need signals. Yeah, okay. and and that that's I think that's going to happen eventually. You know that if this they raise all the hell about this and everything, just put mics and helmets like the pros do. You know, and, it, it, you know what? It's just conspicuous to me that the coaches who have spoken publicly about this are like, "Hey, man." Uh, first of all, Greg Schiano, who it, it was attached to at first, just like I reported, I said, hey, he said, I wasn't talking about this. I was talking about officiating. What did he say in at halftime or at post game uh, last week? He said, I wasn't talking about Michigan. I was talking about the officiating. Yeah. He talked to yeah. Matt Rule. He said, man, people steal signs. And, you know, if they were doing advanced scouting, okay, there's a punishment for that. But as far as sign stealing the process, hey, it's part of the game. No, that's that's the gamesmanship. Right? It's like baseball. You know what I mean? Uh, you, you, the baseball invented that concept right now you take it another step and you start pounding a, uh put somebody in the outfield and start pounding a trash can when it's an off-speed pitch now that's that's another deal right because now you're going beyond uh what the gamesmanship is so uh i don't know i i know this every time in my life i start pointing fingers and making accusations too soon i end up with egg on my face. Okay. So I would just make damn sure that everything, they have all the evidence to prove it's true. And then you can start making accusations. But until then, they're just allegations that anybody that doesn't know squat could make. Okay. So that's, I think, the best posture to take. Yeah, somebody said, Ryan Day said one bad half. So I, I guess Michigan just started using this all this advanced intel after halftime. Right? <laughs> they didn't use it coming out the gate, right? Where Ohio State was there. It was only that second half where all of a sudden all, they just all this all this intel just came flooding out. And they were just sitting on it in the first half, waiting for Ohio State to come up so they could spring it on. Stop it, man. This is this is ridiculous. Uh the the magnitude of the impact. Not ridiculous to call them out if Michigan did it, but that is being made out to be this thing that just is, is, is responsible for Michigan's ascent. That's how it's being depicted. That's how it's being represented. And that's mm-hmm. what I take issue with at this point, Al. So, again, we're supposed to be talking Michigan State, who, by the way, said, oh, yeah, we had to change the things up uh, to account for Michigan. So I was like, stop, man, don't, don't, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. Don't make yourself. Now, I was actually taking it a little easy until they said that. It's like, are you kidding me? Like, like, like Michigan's prolific uh, process, if they had one, 
was going to impact this game one way or the other, Al Borges. Let's get a little bit. Give me your broad brush because we want. I want to get to the questions for Al. I'm sorry that we spent the whole half of the show talking about Oh, so am I. Goodness, I got a headache. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You give me a headache without all this nonsense, and then I got to deal with the nonsense. I have some things to do on my chest. Give me your broad brush, Al. Can we now talk some ball, Sam? Can we now talk some ball? Let's talk some ball. Okay. It was an AKMP. It's an AKMP. It was an ass kicking of mass proportions, okay? That's what it was. And uh, I don't think anybody, including Michigan State, would deny that. It was complete dominance. Hell, they had 19 first downs in the first half. 28 for the game, 7 for 11 on third down, 477 yards. I think J.J. was out of the game after the first series of the third quarter. Something I want to say, because there's a lot of questions and good questions, smart questions about why aren't they amassing more rushing yardage? It just appears to me. Uh, they may not be quite as good up front. I don't know. They don't look all bad to me, but uh, uh, they are now more dependent on their quarterback because their quarterback has grown in leaps and bounds. So the creation of explosive plays is coming much more from their passing game. Okay. In this game, they threw for 300 and what was it, Sam? 377, 357 yards and only rushed for 120. I think if if there's a light at the end of the tunnel for the Spartans, that might be it. But I, it's, it's so dark everywhere else. I don't know if they'll even acknowledge that. But I just think the big play focus has has changed. The quarterback just continues, continues to break the heart of the defense in so many ways. Okay, um, what's the definition of a jaunt, Sam? A jaunt is a quick excursion or journey for pleasure. JJ has a lot of jaunts. I call the plays where J.J. scrambles and throws the ball or scrambles and runs the ball. Those are J.J.'s Johns, okay? J.J. Uh, had 102 yards on Johns, run and pass, run and run, 96 net yards because I think he was sacked for eight yards. But the thing I think that you can't look past and say, oh, this guy's just a playmaking quarterback, no. He had 176 yards in structural plays. Drop back three steps, plant, throw it. Drop back three steps, hitch, throw it. Go through the read progression and hit the target. Some of the ball placement in this game was uncanny. He throws a, a wide hook off of trap pass, turns. There's a, line, there's a linebacker that's starting to work into the throwing lane, and he throws a high RPM pass right on the outside shoulder of the tight end for a 12-yard gain. Ball's placed anywhere else. It's incomplete. It's incomplete. They run three verticals with a shallow cross inside the 22-yard line. Mike Linebacker tries to run with him in a four Tampa. He drops the ball perfectly over the top. And I don't know if if uh, Loveland caught the ball or the ball caught Loveland, but that ball could not be placed any better than it was. And the, the, this is the kid is playing at the top of his game right now. Uh, why didn't they run the ball better? Because it was too easy to pass. And I, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying that as a knock on anybody. But that's kind of been the story with MSU the last few years is they struggle in pass defense. And Michigan's got the best quarterback in the country. I got to ask you this, Al, as a play caller. Have you ever been in a game, you go into a game with a plan, and as the as the game unfolds, you're like, oh, my God. Either, like, this is right for the taking or – this dude is on fire or both because I think that's what my, oh, my gut tells yeah. me. That's what happened here with Michigan. It's like, 
oh my god, this dude is rolling. I'm yeah. not taking the ball out of his hands. Oh, oh, oh yeah, it's like a three-point shooter, man. Steph Curry hitting those threes. Let him shoot, man. And yeah, oh yeah. You 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 I have aborted plans or not necessarily aborted them, but put the emphasis somewhere else than I had originally planned because the quarterback is breathing fire. Okay. And again, this kid is playing at the top of his game right now. He's making very, very few mistakes and he can hit plays when they're open within the confines of the pocket with consistency. And if they're not, then you're really in trouble. Okay. Because there were times when there were unblocked defenders, defenders running through the core of the defense on blitzes where he avoided them and took off and, and, and made what looked like an impossible situation into a 20-something odd gain and a first down inside the red area. So, uh, I mean, I can't I say I, I'm, I'm slow to anoint quarterbacks because I know you're just a game away from everybody wanting the backup in there, right? But at this point, in fairness to the kid, I have seen every quarterback play in the country, okay, at one time or another. Not, not like I've seen J.J., but he is playing better than every quarterback. I, most times I would say he's playing at least as well as everybody. He is playing better at this point than any quarterback in the country. And I don't care what their numbers are. They might have big statistics, 300-yard passing games every week. It's irrelevant when you factor in that Michigan is not that kind of a team. So I think they're, Michigan's become a little more dependent on him. I don't think they're completely dependent on him. But because of his play, my answer to that is why not? Why not? Let's let the let the horse run. You gotta you gotta feed them, right? They, they gotta eat, and uh, they're reaping the benefits of it with eight no record. So um, that's as broad as my broad brush gets. Now, well, how, how about we get a little narrower, a little more fine with your brush, real quick? Because you're you're my other people actually use like online databases. You're my database. You're my analog database, Al. You got your, your I'm yellow, your cheat sheet, Dan. You, I'm you, your got, cheat you got your yellow notepad. I ask Al, hey Al, can you keep this stat? Hey Al, can you keep that stat? Hey Al, can you can you keep track of how many yards JJ accounts for with his legs? Uh, and then, hey Al, uh, people are saying that I, they're relying on him too much with his improv. Can you can you keep track of the improv yardage versus the structure yardage? And lo and behold, it Al just spits out the data. It just like comes up miraculously, just like I typed it into a into a keyboard. Al, you got well, that right. Here's the deal. I think this should be a stat, a, a legitimate stat, particularly for a team scouting NFL quarterback for NFL quarterbacks. Is the quarterback a passer? Is the quarterback a passer runner, or is the quarterback a playmaker? Because a lot of the playmakers don't make it in the NFL. The speed of the defense, the tight coverage, playmakers get their playmaking cut two thirds. And then they got to be able to throw it to beat you. You know what I mean? Where the passers make it, the Tom Brady's, and the passer runners make it because they can create. Okay? So I think it's really critical to know what the quarterback's bringing to the table for your team. But it's the NFL guys. I think it's it's even more important because they're investing so much money in the guys. Yeah, man. It is uh, J.J. McCarthy. What did you say the number was? What was the stat? 176 yards, Al? 176 yards in structural passing yardage, okay? And and 100, what was it? 102 yards in jaunts, okay? Uh, 106 yards, or 96 yards, if you give it the net, because he did get right. sacked one time. And that's another thing. That's another thing. That's another thing, damn it, that I want to talk about. It's occasionally he's going to take a sack. 
Okay, now, when they're beyond seven yards, I have a problem with that, okay? But, damn it, it's a small price to pay, Sam. Mm -hmm. It's a small price to pay when you consider what he does outside of the realm of the uh, of the structural realm of the offense. So, uh, coach him up. Tell him what he did right and wrong. But just know there may be times you don't want him releasing that ball, throwing him away all the time. Oh, throw it away. Uh, yeah, well, there are time for that. That dog, I used to coach the hell out of it. But more often than not, you need that when, that, when he's got that ball in his hands, something's going to happen, and it's usually good. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I agree. Folks, if you have questions for Al Borges, whether it be on the game uh, against Michigan State, the blowout, the destruction, the curb stomping, the molly whopping, I could come up with all kinds of adjectives to what Michigan did to Michigan State in that game. And I'm going to take some liberties because they decided to try to try to uh, hitch their caboose to this Ohio State campaign right now. Talking about we, well, you know, we did have to change. I give Harlan, he tried to, he tried to soften it. And not make it sound like an excuse, like we had to change some things because uh, the Big Ten came through or the NCAA came through, whoever it was, and said, oh, yeah, they're suspected of stealing signs. We didn't have to change anything. It didn't impact the game. So I, I, it just it made me feel a certain kind of way there, boy. Just, but if you have questions for Al, get them in now. It could be on the Michigan State game. It could be on the progress up to this point. It could be on J.J. We already have some people asking you to make comparisons. JJ, the other Heisman Trophy candidate quarterbacks. It could also be on this sign gate. Get into that as well. Right now, Al, though, it is time for – and put the, your questions in the comments, by the way, folks. Al, it's time for your grades. Yeah. Um, I had the old line with a B. Uh, I didn't think they were great. I didn't think they were bad. Uh, I think they got took one sack. Uh, a few fundamental issues in this game that came up. And I'll tell you, up front, Michigan State did play hard. I had the wide receivers with a B minus. There were some drop passes. Now, some of those, you know, for the first time, I looked at uh, what's that uh, pro football focus, okay? I actually looked at 
their grades. I never have looked at them before, but I just found it interesting. And a lot of it's subjective as to whether you think the ball was a drop or not. Now, there are some, there's no doubt it's a drop, okay, but other ones. But for the most part, uh, they weren't bad, but they could have been better. The tight ends were really good, really good in the passing game, but weren't quite as good as they've been in the running game. They're not a liability by any means, but, but, uh, but I gave them, you got, I mean, you got to give them an A, don't you, Sam? I mean, they were just so impactful in the game. Uh, they were great. The running backs were good. Uh, I gave them an A and I gave JJ an A. And I don't think you can give JJ anything but an A because he is creating an enormous amount of offense and not doing very doggone many things wrong. Okay. And I am nitpicky at that position, you know, and uh, he's getting harder and harder to nitpick. I like quarterbacks like that, Sam. Yeah, you're giving a, a whole lot of A's these days. Well, they won 49 to nothing. I can give them all C's, but everybody's going to think I'm a fool. Right? I am getting scared. <laughs> I am getting scared. All right, I'll tell you what, Sam. You grade McCarthy. Give me your grade. We'll compare notes, okay? If you can find something <laughs> incredibly wrong. And there, again, there's things in there. There's things. I thought he oh. missed a read one time. I thought on a wide delay he could have. Because they jumped it, the mic jumped it. I thought he could have thrown the ball over the time. I mean, you know, he makes a deal. That's the outboard just I know and love. There you go. Yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll, hey, I can find stuff. I'll find, I'll find a minuscule footwork error and grade him down. But I mean, it ain't fair anymore. The kid is, is short up his fundamentals. I mean, made a quantum leap. I said that many times, and he's basically reading the defense. And his accuracy is what's he throwing like ninety nine percent completion, something like that. I don't know. Uh, so. He's a tough one to now with the linemen. It's a little easier. There's five of them, you know, and they got to work together, and it's easier to find errors. But uh, team as a whole, you know, I like them to rush the ball better. Okay, mm-hmm. that's they need to rush the ball better because, and I think this, Sam. Remember, I said this is in these last games. There's going to be a game where they explode rushing. Remember, I said that. Okay. All right. Uh, so Al, chime in on this before I start getting to the questions. You were really. Um, focused in our conversations last week, or I mean last year on the fundamentals. I mean, you usually say, this kid is so freaking talented. He's so freaking talented. Oh, Sam, if he's ever coached on the fundamentals, he'll just go through the roof. And it feels like what we're seeing this year, as much as you want to, and I, I think we need to highlight the work that JJ put in. He's working with Tom House, you know, in the off season. One of the, the the throwing doctors, if you will. And it wasn't just for rehab of his shoulder. That was part of, certainly the biggest part of it and maintenance of the health of his shoulder. But throwing mechanics as it relates to just being more accurate was a mm-hmm. part of it as well, right? And you're, it really feels like we're seeing live week to week the benefits of the improvement in tutelage. We talked about his pre-snap menu. Um, his ability to process coverages, his ability to change protections. It's like his understanding of the game and his attention to detail fundamentals-wise is on a different level. And now it's to the point where those they're so second nature where he can just go out and ball now. Now, I don't know if that's an accurate assessment from a novice perspective, but that's how it looks to me. Well, you know, um, and, and with all due respect and credit to Tom House, I'm sure he's helped J.J., but but that doesn't make him a great quarterback. That's a nice start, though, That's because that guy knows what he's doing. But the 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 coach of the year to me is uh, is uh, Kurt Cameron. Is that Kurt that's Kurt his Cameron. name? Yeah, I didn't yeah. Know, I didn't know Kurt. I had to look him up. Uh, I probably should have known him. Uh, 
but what he's done is, um, I mean, I, I think he's done an outstanding job of grounding this kid in good fundamentals and teaching him how to deal with improvisational situations because the, the difference in his play. Now, he could always improv. We knew that, right? But he wasn't – a year ago, he would turn down throws off of some form of pocket move and scramble, okay, and he'd try to run when he, and come up short of the first down when he could have probably plucked it to somebody. and kept. He does that all the time now. We're going to demonstrate it in the film study later on. His ability to, to take – sit in a shotgun, take a three-step drop, hitch, and make a throw. Take a three-step drop, plant, and make a throw. Take a three-step drop, hitch, hitch, relocate a receiver, set his hips, make a throw. That stuff is so much better than it was a year ago. Uh, I just and, and that, that stuff's not stuff you're born knowing, okay? Someone has to show you how to do that and then critique you consistently when you do it wrong. And, uh, and, Credit to J.J. for being a good student, but I think credit to the quarterback coach for knowing what to tell him because he's processed it well, and it shows up when he plays. And I think that's uh, the test because, Sam, you know, at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter what you know as a coach. It only matters what he does. Okay, and I know the guy said, well, it doesn't matter what he knows. You know, it matters what he knows. No, no, no. It matters what he does. Because that tells me that he knows it. Writing it on the board and regurgitating something that I said in a meeting doesn't mean he knows it. Because if he cannot, he doesn't have the functional intelligence to process it, process that information under pressure, he doesn't know it. J.J. knows it. He's still learning. He's still learning. But the 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 the, the quantum leap he's taken is 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 really made the team so much better. Okay. All right, let's start getting to the people as the questions have been flowing. If you have questions for Al Borges, be sure to put them in the comment section. We will get to as many of them as possible in the time we have left. All right, Al, this is from Blank Name. Do you think Caleb Williams is regressing uh, due to taking all the hits and being constantly under pressure? Last three weeks, JJ's stats have been better, and he has only been playing three quarters. Yeah, I do. I do think that's affecting him. And I think if uh, the, the feeling the pressure of uh, being the Heisman Trophy winner a year ago and the expectations of playing at USC, which is, trust me, they care, okay? They care. Uh, and having to play some decent defensive teams, particularly team, well, Utah is a little better than a def decent defensive team. So – I think when you every game you go into it thinking I need to have these numbers and these deals, you know, and then all of a sudden you are taking some hits, you're not winning in the game, and so hence you're forced to throw more than even you originally planned to. Uh, all that impacts his play. There is no doubt about it. All right, let's get back to the deal. Yeah, he has been. I mean, just. He doesn't look like the same. Talk about a quarterback who doesn't look like the same guy. It's kind of like the inverse of J.J., right? How, how J.J. has taken a quantum leap. And J.J. was good already, but he's taken a quantum leap. It's like the other way with Caleb Williams. And Caleb Williams is still good, but he was amazing last year. Oh, amazing. And, amazing. and still is at times. Still is at times, in fairness yeah. to him. But uh, he is feeling that pressure. Uh, one thing 
I should mention too, and this is an opinion, and you can shoot this out of the water if you want. They're a heavy RPO team, USC. And RPOs are great. We've talked about them. I love evaluating all that. But RPOs are often thrown off balance with your body, not in great, with not with great platform. And, you know, Caleb makes those throws a lot. The problem is that sometimes you get some carryover in your fundamentals on plays that are not RPOs. And you're making throws off balance or out of position when you really don't have to. Okay. So I just have found that if you went, the more I RPO, the more I had to keep my eye on the quarterback's fundamentals because oftentimes on RPOs, he just wasn't very fundamental and they had, he had to be that way. Right. But there's, when you draw back three steps and you're running some kind of four verticals or snap smash something as a three step hitch throw and their structure to that, and we shouldn't be falling back and doing all kinds of unnecessary movements. Uh, when there's, you know, maybe you're seeing ghosts and, and, and the protection's good. So, that can happen. I'd have to study him more to see how much that's happened, if at all. But that can happen. All right. Let's keep on going. Tyler W. wants to know, Al, what is the point where you switch from balanced attack to passing attack? Is it eight yards a tip, nine yards at a tip? What do you what do you make of that assessment of balance versus, hey, you're a passing attack? I don't ever change that. I don't care what the numbers are. We're always going to try and be balanced as best we can. What you have to do is in game, realize what the reality of that balance is. If you're not running the ball as well, and you've got a kid like that, like Michigan's got, you're going to have to depend on him more, but that's really not always bad news, right? Because he's capable of doing what you want him to do. But I think uh, I was always, and I'm sure Harbaugh and all, they were all, we are committed to balance. We are going to spend as much time passing the ball in practice as we are running the ball. Although we may run it a little more in a game than we do, but we are going to see to it that we can address every situation in football, whether it's goal line, short yardage, red zone, blah, 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 with a balanced mentality, knowing that there'll be maybe times when we get on the goal line and run it every single time, but there's always some passes on the list. Okay. So I don't use any number to gauge what I want to be. I want to be balanced whenever we can, and then we'll just work from that from there. Okay, if we got to throw more, we'll throw more in a game. If we got to run more, we'll run more. Yeah. All right. Uh, so did you see Matt Rule's comments about saying, "Yeah, I saw him." You know what it said? Uh, he's not one of those soft coaches out there crying about this. There is a soft coach out there that cries about this routinely. Right? That looks for excuses every time he loses a game who feels like his brilliance is above that of any other coach. And if any other coach beats him, like I said before, then uh, they must be cheating. Clemson, Bama, Michigan. Right? I mean, the reason you're losing is because you tried to reinvent the wheel. You had a winning formula. Urban Meyer gave you the keys to the kingdom. It was already established and you decided you were going to rebuild it in your own image. And your, and your image just is not up to snuff. It's not as good as, right? You start thinking that you you got them there when they were there already. Like, how hard is it to, to take over a team that already has a five-star quarterback and five-star receiver? Like, what did you really do? Are you really brilliant if the pieces around you, if the pieces you inherit are already outstanding? Seemed to me that Urban Meyer kind of built like, He didn't even build it. Urban, Urban took it and brought it back. He inherited a lot of talent. Can really, really coach. Had won a national championship before he got there. I give him credit. He might be a front runner, 
We seen him be a front runner at at Utah, front runner at Florida, and a front runner at Ohio State. Al, stop running, stop rubbing your head. This is not you saying it. It's me. Oh, you're I, on soapbox now. You're I'll, me out all the, I'll take all the blame. You can give it all to me. I do not care. I'll say what I, I want. I have no problem that dude is you all the blame. He is an overrated coach who is has a problem with people saying how overrated he is. What exactly did you do yourself versus what you inherited? See, people, when they don't build something and it's successful, they start to think they deserve credit. And when it's not when it's not successful, they start to think, oh, well, so, something is wrong. That's not me. It's not my contribution to this. How about you're the variable that's different? You're what changed. You're what is impacting this adversely. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't rise to the occasion. But how about focus on that? How about coaching better? How about having your guys not out there busting every time? Right? How about not understanding that you got new signs, apparently, allegedly, supposedly, and getting your ass kicked worse? You would think that you would be better, right? I mean, how what kind of cell phone is that? We know Michigan is stealing signs. So we're going to change up. And then we go get pile drive at home. Like, you're supposed to be better with advanced intel, right? You knew what kind of stallions. You've been on to them. You're filming them in the, in the stands. You're ready for Michigan, right? What happened? What happened on it? I mean, you, you would, that, that's a poor reflection on you as a coach. If you aren't ready and you know that what Michigan is doing. So to me, sounds like you you a you problem. Now, that doesn't mean that Michigan didn't do something wrong. If they did something wrong, give them some punishment. But you know what? Let's see. Not at all this is on the table, right? So Michigan is alleged to have done this. We know that's not going to be at play in this game this year, right? We can establish, we can stipulate for the record that we know if, even if Michigan has some kind of operation, that it is not going to be employed in this game this year. So let's see what the outcome is. And, man, let me tell you, if Michigan comes up, do you understand how I'm going to be? If Michigan oh, God. Oh. Do you, I, I, you, you thought last year was bad? Yeah, I'm, I did. But see, I, know year, I, was just having fun. I know you can talk. Last year, I was just having fun. Now, now it's, it's all kind of venom coming. Oh. If Michigan puts on Ohio State, what I think they're going to put on them, it's going to be must-see TV. I promise you. I promise. I didn't even prepare for last year. Well, wasn't this a question about I Matt Rule? Prepare. I'm preparing this year. If Michigan beats them down, you, you're going to want to see it. Trust me. Trust me on that. All right, let's get back. Uh, sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, Al. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This was a question about Matt Rule. But it, it was. Hey, it was. It got me go started. Grab Ira and tell him to throw I'm some sorry. on I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Al. I'm sorry. I'm trying to. I, I know. Should, well, I'm you're making up for your subdued nature a week ago. See, you're catching up. You. I got you. All right. Al. Whew. All right. Al, does the portal make it harder for teams to keep uh, keep signs secret because guys are transferring all the time? Yeah, I don't know. You know, <laughs> I, we've had guys transfer and all that. And it's amazing how little players process things that they did tactically at other places <laughs> unless it's a quarterback most quarterbacks they you know they could tell you the signals of the other team all but most other positions just they just don't process hey what you guys doing because I, I, I we i'd ask you know i like you know but I, in answer to that question i don't think it's a big factor 
Okay. Although I've tried to use it when we had, we didn't have a portal, but we did have transfer students who, you know, uh, we, I was playing coaching at Portland state and we were playing a team that coached Portland state the year before. And our quarterbacks knew all their signals. They hadn't changed them. So, I mean, yeah, it, it can be a factor, but I don't, it doesn't happen that often. All right. Let's get back to it. More questions. All right. Let's see. Questions for Al. These questions are for you, Al. I'm, I, I'm sorry. I don't mean to take from Al Borges. No, 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 Sam. Yeah, you get on a soapbox. You, you just can't be tamed. It's completely out of control. Al, no semblance of any sanity of any kind. Uh, Borges, would you have gone for two at the end against Michigan State to get you over? No. <laughs> because we can't go for three. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, no. I think that statement was made. Uh, I don't think it needed to be any. Worse than it was, forty nine and nothing's enough points. I think. I think Michigan State got that memo. Okay, you didn't need to resend it with a two point conversion. All right, uh, Al. Here's another one. Trevor Faith. He said, "How easy is it to change signs?" You kind of touched on this before. If they knew and changed the signs, is it easy to do? OS, OSU got the heads up before the game and changed their signs. Is it hard to change the system? That from Trevor Faith. Yeah, it's a pain in the ass. It is, but you, sometimes you got to do it. I, I've done it. And I, I don't because, and my concern was not that they couldn't process new signs. Kids are smart, especially Michigan kids. They, the problem with it at times is when you've used a system over, let's say, six games. Okay. You go on the seventh game, you know, you got a sign stealing team, and you want to meet you. If you make a wholesale change to how you want to code your plays or do your audibles or whatever. And they've been doing it one way for long. Muscle memory and and brain processing under pressure a lot of times goes back to the old way. And you get paralysis through analysis and you get a lot of mistakes. So the, my point is this, and I said this earlier, is I think the best solution is to subtly use decoys, use bluffs, use things and then maybe a few number numerical things that are simple. Uh, and I think that's a much better way to do it. But our process, Sam, and I talked to you about this, We never, I never was ever concerned about anybody stealing signs from us because we, we use wristbands that change week to week. Uh, and if you tried to advance scout and get the number that I'm signaling in the game, it's going to be a different one the next week. So you, you're going to be, be given disinformation. But I never, ever concern myself with somebody picking signs off. And I'm surprised more people don't do that. All right, Al Borges. Let's keep it going. Oh, so here's one. This was actually a compliment to JJ. But I want you to comment on this. Said Tyler W. says they were busts up front. But they just made JJ look better. Last couple of weeks, seems like there's been a little more leakage up front. What Can you kind of pinpoint? What has been responsible for that, or have teams kind of noticed some tendencies? Are they uh, where have the breakdowns? Are they coming on a particular side or a particular place on the line, or in, in in pickup? What do you see, Al? Well, on the scramble plays, for example, I've got four scrambles, uh, third and fourteen. A protection was actually pretty good, but he had to make a, a, a scramble to his right, and he hit. Barner for a 21-yard gain. So that one, there was no breakdown. He just had to move. The coverage wasn't there yet, so he uh, he had to move a little bit. He had a 25-yard gain on a bingo cross. 
I believe that was uh, I believe that was a breakdown inside on a twist, if I'm not mistaken. Although I can't really remember. You can go crash with you do vertical side. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they had a problem on a vertical set on the right hand side, the one he threw a touchdown on. He had to scramble it, but they had a problem. With it. And so, but he just he made it right. You know, he got around it, uh, pushed to his right, and he hit Roman for a touchdown. Um, uh, Alexander Spazian, the one sack they had. Um, I don't have the exact time on that one. Oh, they're all they're all a little something different. It's not something that you can always say, you know. Uh, oh, they they blitzed him one time too uh, when he took off on a twenty-two yard gain, and they did kind of a bad job of picking up. The, and he had to juke a guy. Okay, it was a, it was a pickup responsibility. He juked the guy. The guy was completely free. Should have had him. Okay, and uh, he took off. I think for twenty-two yards, if I'm not mistaken. Can't find that right now, but uh, so the, the bottom line is it's kind of a little something different every time, which is usually the story of pass protection. A back misses a pickup, lines gets gets picked on a twist. That happened one time too. They got picked on a twist where the the tackle did. They see when sometimes this happened one time where uh, the right guard right tackle stepped back, but the right tackle didn't vertically set, so the, uh, they ran a little stunt where the tackle goes in front of the guard and the end comes back underneath. They picked off the tackle and the end came free on the twist. So, you know, and it's just a matter of vertically setting and, and it take to get that done. So it's, it's a twist. Sometimes it's a pickup. Sometimes, you know, it's sometimes a quarterback should have released the ball on a blitz or something, but there has nothing, there's been nothing that you could say was habitual enough to call it a problem. You know what I mean? You're not going to play a perfect football game. The protection's going to sometimes break down. The quarterback's going to make a bad read here and there. But they don't do enough of that consistently to consider the liability, if that makes any sense. Oh, it, you know, this is uh, what are you bye week, improvement week, whatever you want to call it. My my question injected in here. You're an OC. What are your what's your focus during the bye week, Al? Well, in bye weeks, what we would do, we do a lot of self-scouting, you know, see what the, the sum total of, um, of what we've accomplished in the, in the eight weeks that we've played. What, play calling being another thing, what, you know, looking at what, if, we're, if there's any strong tendencies that we're showing that uh, we may want to bastardize a little bit. Now, if they're good, we don't want to get away from them. You know, we don't want to let the, the self-scout dictate everything we do. But look at how your play calling, what your run to pass ratio is, distribution of the ball, all those types of things. Uh, get a chance to during a bye, you got to be careful about losing the timing of your passing game. So you still want to you want to taper your practices a little bit more the first week in particular, so that the kids can get their bumps and bruises cured. But you want to maintain the, the timing of your passing game, so you still have to do enough to make sure you're still doing that. Okay. But there's just a lot of self-study uh, in, in bye weeks uh, just to see uh, how you want to go about playing the rest of the year, okay, and without going into every detail. But I know I, I really look forward to bye weeks, and bye weeks are a lot of fun, Sam, when you're 8-0. Oh, my God, are they fun. Be I know that when I was at Auburn, we beat Ole Miss, and I got on the airplane. We were 8-0 with a bye week and I've never slept so well in my life. It was wonderful. It was Nirvana, Sam. 
Yeah, if you didn't have a whole lot of garbage to deal with, I imagine it would just be. Yeah, we didn't have to deal with some of this crap. So, yeah. yeah. No, so, uh, let's get a couple more in real quick. Flim, what's up, Flim? Hey, Flim. What's up, Flim? You remember from this, uh, this Freddie J's guy down in Texas? Yeah, right? yeah, yeah Freddie J. Yeah, so Flim wants to know, uh, do you feel the drop-off on yardage from the running backs this year is due to our passing attack? I think to a degree it is, a little bit, yeah, because, like I said, they're, they're a little more quarterback-dependent because the quarterback's so capable, but I wouldn't say that's the number one issue. I think there's still some some things up front we could do better and, uh, and all that, but um, it, that, that's part of it, you know, uh, and particularly the explosive part of it. You know, we're not getting a lot of explosive runs, Sam, but we are getting a lot of explosive passes. Again, I'm going to say this. Who cares where it comes from, right? If they're giving us explosive passes, it would behoove us to take those, even if it's sacrificial towards our running game. Okay? So um, I think it's a, that's a, a darn good question by Flem, and I think it's part of it, but probably not as big a part of it as you might think. Yeah, Flem, I got to get down to – Lone Star State at some point. How Freddie you, J now. That's Freddie J's man. Yeah, man. How you put me on some more players. Yeah. You know, I think Michigan wants to get back down in there in the Lone Star State a little bit. See if they can get some dudes. Um, So, Carla Dulaney, what are the possible consequences if we're found guilty of the allegations? Um, so, I posed that question to several people inside Carla. Um, so, this is why I think it's so important to put in perspective the um, the specifics of the, the the impact of the allegations and it, the impact of the transgression if it was indeed committed in the frequency, right? Um, you know, if it was as often as they say, that's going to play a role. And then how much did it really impact things given what the spirit of the rule uh, was is when it was put in place, right? It was not put in place because they thought it was just this grand strategic advantage. If they feared that, then what Al said would be the case that everyone would just be having to. What did they, they put the microphones in in helmets in the NFL in '94? Mm-hmm. In '94, they put them in defense and one defensive player's uh, uh, helmet. I think in 2008, like 30 years on one hand, 15 years on the other. Like if if the NCAA and the coaches within it really thought they were having this huge strategic disadvantage as a result of this. They would have gone to that a long time ago. They said, okay, no, for what it is, we can do different things. Al Board just used wristbands, right? Other teams use dummy signalers, a bunch of dummy signalers. Michigan, you never, you think Michigan huddles just because they just saw, oh, they think huddles are sexy. Michigan just thinks huddling is sexy, right? No, this is part of, Keeping people off of stealing your signs, Al Board. Just that's what teams do. So keep the impact in perspective. And if they do that, then the only precedent that there is is Baylor sent the coach on the road one year, some a uh, few years ago, I think, and to scout. And they got a He's half game. The game yeah, yeah half a game. A half game. Yeah. Right. So if you extrapolate that, you know, spread it out, uh, then something that is a a multiple of that would be fitting for this offense. All right. So, but again, you can't, it's hard to do that because this is the NCAA we're talking about and and the NCAA taking aim at Michigan and they've taken secondary violations and tried to turn them into level one violations already. So that, that is where 
folks are like, ah, we really don't know what they're going to say. The one thing I have heard that they people think is ridiculous is this notion that Michigan's going to have a postseason ban. Like, you have postseason ban. If, if teams are buying players McDonald's bags and not getting uh, – before it was a rule that says you can do that, if that's not getting you a postseason ban, this certainly can't or shouldn't anyway. All right? Last one, Al. Sorry, Al. I'm sorry. You you just you look so. Sam, please stop. Al, I don't give a damn who's coaching Ohio State. I don't care. I'm gonna say what I want to say. <laughs> You're doing a good job of reading my body language, Sam. That's good. <laughs> All right. Uh, Kevin Johnson says the off- the offense is really good, but Al, do you think the defense might be even better? Yeah, I do. <laughs> I do. I'd, I'll say this: I don't think they've been tested by a great offensive team yet. But what they've done, yeah, I do. They are suffocating. They are. They have shown they can pass rush. They can show they they they've shown they can blitz. They've shown they can cover. They've shown they can tackle. They've shown they can keep people uh, tighten up in the red area. Uh, you bet. I, I would say that the defense, as much as the offense is good, I think the defense is even better. I think that uh, Jesse Mentor's done a fantastic job. But I think it's going to get tougher now because. Uh, Although Penn State didn't look it, they're a better offense than they played the other day. Uh, Maryland's always been, you know, since since uh, Loxley's been there, the good offense. I mean, Ohio State's always a good offense. So the, the tests are yet to come. But to this point, our defense has been off the charts. I can't wait for that Ohio State game now. I can tell, Sam. I can't wait. Gee, for Christmas, the way you're talking, I think, I think we played them tomorrow. Because now, no excuses. Now, no excuses. You know, they've had every excuse in the book the last few years. My screen is freezing off because they know that I'm fired up. But <laughs> but, but I cannot wait for that game. Because let me tell you what it's going to be like if Michigan does what I think they're going to do. Well, I, t- I text Ira. I told him to go throw some water on you, but I don't know. I don't think he did it. <laughs> yeah, he kind of took me out. He kind of took me out of, uh, or somebody took me out of rotation when it comes to my screen freezing. But that just means it's time to end the stream. We're going to be back with the film study tomorrow, so be sure to tune in for that. We got Vance later today. We'll get his take on all this sign stealing and all of that. And then, of course, Steady dropping dives tomorrow with Devin Gardner and and Daniel Horton. We know we're going to hit this hard on that show, too, so be sure to tune in then. Uh, As always, folks, thanks for watching another edition of the Michigan Football Breakdown focused on the offense with Al Borges. Go Blue! Citizen sleuths are focusing on the brutal slayings of four college kids. A new Paramount Plus original docuseries. This is the start of something major. Follows online detectives as they unravel the mystery of the infamous Idaho College murders. There's plenty of places to hide a weapon. And turned it into a social media phenomenon. Where are the roommates This is a huge night. from you. Hashtag cyber sleuths. The Idaho murders now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus.